There is a war going on in the Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. It's the annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention. According to one SBC leader, every several years, America's largest Protestant Christian group erupts in conflict. Baptisms, attendance, giving, all down. In fact, Southern Baptist membership has been steadily declining for 14 years straight. The exodus has been a long time coming for many reasons. One observer saying the highly secretive executive committee is running the show. Sexual abuse cover-ups and racial reconciliation issues. Many prominent figures recently leaving the convention The annual meeting this week may go a long way in determining the future direction of the Southern Baptists. Conflict, cover-ups, scandal. Often the church as we see it is in pretty sad shape. Thankfully, our hope is not in the church, but in Christ. One day, these things will be over. The former things will pass away. No more wars, even between Christians. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and this is a program called In the Footsteps of Peter. The beginning of the summer season was always such a joy for my family and me. School's out, and school vacation has officially begun. And now that I don't have kids at home, I still love the beginning of summer. It's like getting to the top of Yosemite in California. It's a difficult road to get that far up. But once you get there, the view makes it worthwhile. You have a chance to look back and consider all the Lord has done and to look ahead in excitement for all the Lord is going to do. And today on this program, we're going to see Peter experience something similar. The transfiguration of Christ was like that. Up, up, up the mountain, and then there was the glory. Only then was Peter able to reflect on who the Lord is and what he had come to do. Our next stop, as we follow, in the footsteps of Peter. I'm David Suchet, and I'm in search of one of the most puzzling characters in history, a simple first-century fisherman who somehow became the founding father of the most powerful Christian church on earth. You know what? You can be a human being, and you can do your best, and you can try and do your best, but sometimes you fall short. Sometimes you're impetuous. That's the voice of Ray Bruce, who produced the documentary In the Footsteps of Peter. We'll hear more from him in just a moment. And before that, we heard the unmistakable voice of British actor David Suchet. He's famous for playing Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot. David is a follower of Jesus, just like Ray Bruce. And they made this epic two-part documentary, In the Footsteps of Peter, helping us see with our own eyes the places Peter went and where he actually walked, from the shores of Galilee, his hometown, to Jerusalem, even to Rome, where he spent his final days. This film will not only make you want to visit the Mediterranean, but more importantly, it'll strengthen your faith in the Lord, who could turn a simple fisherman into a great servant for our Jesus. You can call us after the program at 800 6 800-65-HAVEN. Or come to our website. Watch the 
trailer from the documentary, and then make your fiscal year-end gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. For in the footsteps of Peter. Now, if you didn't get in the footsteps of Paul from us last year, we have that with a special bundle of the Peter documentary for your minimum gift to the ministry. Ask about that when you call or read more about it when you go online. And now, the group called Acapella and listen to him. on us, this program is Haven Today, and this episode that you're listening to is called In the Footsteps of Peter. And my name is Charles Morris, and we opened with a cappella singing for us, listen to him. Peter is the most famous of the disciples. We look back in history and remember his story. But does he really have any significance for us today? That's really the question that I think many of us would want to ask. We study history, even the history of our fathers in the faith, not just because we're interested in the story, but because we think they can teach us about our world and our life. So what can Peter teach us? I sat down with Ray Bruce to ask exactly that. Listen in to what this producer of the documentary in the footsteps of Peter had to say. I think it's called, you know what? You can be a human being. And you can do your best and you can try and do your best, but sometimes you fall short. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're impetuous, like Peter was impetuous. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 or, or when I've talked to people about what, you know, like Christian folk, uh, I remember having a conversation in Rome, which is in the film actually, with one of the um, uh, people training to be a priest, you know, what is there about Peter that you love and you like and appreciate? It's his humanity, hmm. impetuous. And, mm -hmm. and David, you know, he, he gets it. You know, he, we, mm -hmm. we spend time on the Sea of Galilee doing fishing and all that, you know, to get a sense of <laughs> what it means to be a fisherman and, and, uh, and, and what are the characteristics of being a fisherman? How does that apply to his life and, his, you know, his future life and, uh, you know, in, in his missionary work and, and so on? And I think there is a humanity there. I think you can't have anybody in the Jesus story who commits the worst possible thing mm. Mm. in denying Jesus. This guy that had known him for three years, that had been his mate, that had seen all those big moments when Jesus's divinity, Jesus's sonship came through and faced with it, he could say, I don't know him. You think, mm. how can you recover from that? 
How mm-hmm. can you be what you be and you say that about a guy that you love and you respect? Because you've given up three years of your life for this man. You've given mm-hmm. up a family. We know he was married. With tradition, he says he has a daughter. He yes. gave all that up to follow this man. So there was, he, he was, and that's what I rate about him. That in spite of all, you know, uh, you know, and all, all, you know, his, you know, things he didn't get right. He's still up there in the Christian, you know, top two, three people. Sure, sure. I, 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 that's that's what I think. You know, he was a man on a mission. The resurrection experience persuaded him that Jesus was not dead. And there's something more to be said about this. He's the guy that took it to the Gentile world first. People think mm-hmm. it was Paul that did it. No, who was the first person to be converted? A Roman centurion who did that, who had yes, the dream about yes. food. You know, yes, in, yes. In the, in the Jesus movement, in, in Christianity, sorry, the Jesus movement, Christianity, there's, you know, this whole, the, the whole idea of, you know, you shouldn't stumble simply because of, observing kosher rules and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So he did it all. And he had, he had the faith to do it all uh, in spite of doing some, you know, difficult things, difficult challenges. That was Ray Bruce, co-creator of In the Footsteps of Peter, a documentary sharing why Peter is so significant today. It's his humanity. He saw a lot, but through it all, he remained human. And we can relate to him because of it. Peter went by many names and titles in Scripture. He's called Simon and Cephas. Jesus calls him disciple, apostle, and rock. Paul calls him a pillar of the church. Peter called himself a fellow elder, a brother, an eyewitness. What would it have been like to walk alongside Peter? He saw it all, from the great miracles of Christ to his cruel death on the cross, from his empty tomb to the ascension into heaven. And that's why we called our series this week In the Footsteps of Peter. Peter was a witness, and as followers of Jesus, we want to know what this witness saw. In fact, that's the role he emphasizes in his own letter to the churches, Second Peter. He says that he didn't invent the stories of the Messiah. He saw them with his own eyes. And among the most amazing things he saw, the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. It is a moment that the gospel writers highlight as well. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell us about it. It was a mountaintop experience, if ever there was one. Let's listen in to hear how Luke tells the story. Once, when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, 
Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud, saying, This is my Son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Luke chapter 9, verses 18 to 36, read for us by British actor David Suchet. Peter took many well-known missteps, but he also had a privileged position among the apostles. There were, of course, twelve disciples. But only Peter, James, and John were allowed to see Jesus at the lowest as well as the highest points of his earthly ministry. Later, these same three would be asked to come with Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane to watch and await while he prayed. They would see him in his dark night of the soul. But what we just heard read for us by David Suchet there in Luke 9, they see him in all his glory. In fact, they get a glimpse of his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. That's where the footsteps of Peter lead to in this story. And it all starts with a question. The question, really. Jesus asked the disciples, Who do you say that I am? Our answer to that question will ring into eternity. Who do you say that Jesus is? For much of my life, most people I knew seemed to be okay with saying he was at least a good example, maybe a teacher of good morality. But today, more and more, People are willing to deride Jesus. Many say his teachings are even harmful or that he never existed at all. On this point, we can confidently follow in the footsteps of Peter. When Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Peter bore witness. You are the Christ of God. That's exactly right. He was. He is the Messiah. The one who God's people had hoped for for countless generations. But while Peter's answer was right, his expectations were off. Jesus went on to tell him that the Christ 
had to suffer. Not exactly Peter's idea of a great Messiah. And so the Lord gave him a glimpse of his glory. Jesus says something very interesting in this conversation. He says to the disciples, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. What did he mean by that? There are some who think that this just means that some of them would be converted before they died. Others think that he simply meant that some of those with him would live to see Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But I think the solution is much closer. Jesus says some of them will see the kingdom. But then in the very next verse, Luke narrates about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. What happens next is the promise of Jesus coming true. On the mountain of transfiguration, Peter got a glimpse of the heavenly kingdom. Now put yourself in Peter's shoes. Picture walking up the trails of this mountain with the same Christ who just said he would have to suffer death in Jerusalem. Then, during a prayer meeting together, Jesus' face lit up like the sun, and Luke tells us his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. This whole scene is like something out of the Old Testament. In fact, that's the point. So many of the details are meant to remind us of Moses there on Mount Sinai. Two mountains, one in Exodus, one here in Luke. And on both, God's voice thundered and a cloud descended. Even Moses himself shows up along with Elijah the prophet. That day at Mount Sinai was a glimpse of God's kingdom. That's what the Lord was doing for his people. He was making them into a kingdom, a holy nation. If that was the case then, how much more here? Moses and Elijah were two of the quintessential prophets of the Old Testament. But by the end of this mountaintop experience, they had faded away. Jesus, the true prophet, stood alone. And the voice of the Father called out from above. This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Peter, James, and John didn't realize in the moment that God was adding another amazing sight to their list as eyewitnesses. Just for a moment, they saw the kingdom of God. At the center of that kingdom, the glorified king. And here, in Luke chapter 9, he resembles the Savior of Revelation 4, a face that shines brightly from the throne. This story is not just an interesting piece of history. It's a message to be believed and obeyed. Sometimes it feels difficult to trust a Savior who says that suffering comes first and glory later. But those weren't empty words. Jesus lived those words. He didn't come into the glory of his Father until he had first suffered, but suffered in our place. What he calls us to do today and every day is to hear him, to listen. And that's what God told the Israelites for ages. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And that's what God says to us through Jesus Christ. This is my son. Listen to him. Listen to him teach us the heart of God for sinners. Listen to him teach you the good news of the gospel. Listen as he keeps you safe from all spiritual harm. But don't just listen. Follow in Peter's footsteps. This eyewitness didn't just listen. He believed suffering and sorrow 
are here for now. But one day, we'll see Christ in all His glory, and He will call us home. You came down from heaven's throne This earth you formed was not your home A love like this the world had never Jesus Christ, Jesus, Son of God, by Brandon Heath, here on Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, on a program called In the Footsteps of Peter. I have so enjoyed studying the life of Peter recently. The more I reflect on his life, the more I realize that I'm just like he was. One moment, we can be so brave for our Lord, and then the next moment, we feel like we've gone astray. One moment, we can be basking 
in the glory of his revelation, the next moment we are misunderstanding what he wants us to do. But Peter's is a story, at the end of the day, of grace. And when you see his life, you see Christ at work from beginning to end. And I think that's why I appreciate the epic documentary called In the Footsteps of Peter. It was originally produced for the BBC. It's a two-part documentary hosted by David Suchet. We've had him on the program in the past. And it shows us, instead of just telling us, the story of Peter. I know that as you watch this film, your faith will be encouraged to see that if the Lord could use a simple fisherman like Peter for his glory, he can use you and me as well. Why don't you call us right now? Would you make your fiscal year-end gift to Haven today? We'd really appreciate it if you would respond today. But please ask for In the Footsteps of Peter. And the number you can call is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and watch the film's trailer and you can make your gift for the DVD. They're at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And remember, if you want both documentaries, In the Footsteps of Peter and In the Footsteps of Paul, we have them as a special bundle for a minimum gift to the ministry. Ask about that when you call or read more when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share this great story, not the story of Peter, but the story of the risen Savior here on Haven Today, where it's all about Jesus. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. This is most likely talking about the building of the temple, which was so often called God's house. The psalmist confesses that even with all the manpower in Israel, the project fully depended on the Lord's help. It's the same with any kingdom work today. It's only accomplished because Christ works through us. Whether you're reading through the Bible, sending out a missionary, or planting a new church, it's all in vain if the Lord isn't in it. So ask for the Lord to help in all your endeavors. Wait upon His Spirit to guide you, and when He shows up, there will be no stopping Him. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.